welcome to another episode of the Faith in Action podcast brought to you by Christian E. Martis. I'm your host, Kilowatt, here with my handsome, because he's got a fresh cut and incredibly charismatic co-host, oh, Leo Chen. Leo, how are you doing today? I'm feeling really good now. I mean, I was feeling pretty good before, but now I'm feeling really good. Um, <laughs> thank you, Caleb. Yes, I do have a fresh cut. I um, I didn't realize how long my hair was until I got it cut, but I... They literally had to ask me how many inches do I want cut off, which is, which is something I think my mom only answers to, and like maybe, like women, <laughs> but it's good to know them getting in touch with that side. Putting that aside, we got another really exciting episode lined up for you today. As you can read from the title of the podcast, we got Matt Good here. You might also know him as a firefighter, real life superhero. You might also know him as the only guy you probably know who can do more than twenty pull-ups, but you also probably know him as a really good friend uh, and someone who really loves Jesus. So. Matt, good. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, no problem. Legend has it that you are the only person to have finished Gospel Dynamics with Fuji. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, according to, to to legend, to deep CU legend. Yeah, that's canon now. So, so. yeah, that's canon. Yeah, as a as a as a fellow um, Gospel Dynamics worker throuer. Who is only on chapter three? Only I'm on chapter three, dude. I, I'm still on chapter one, man. I, I've been trying to get to chapter two yeah. for, for years now. <laughs> I, I think Tommy's been meeting with Fuji like one on one for like almost like four years, and he's still only on chapter one. So. That's corrupt. That's corrupt. Oh man. But anyways, Matt, you want to give us a brief introduction about who you are, your your major, um, yeah. your year, and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm a senior in the College of Arts and Sciences, studying PPE. Let's go. Which I think originally from Los Angeles. I spent two year at Rice my freshman year and then transferred to Penn. So yeah, I joined CU right away. So Nice. I guess now we get to the exciting part. Yeah. We're going to get into your testimony, Matt. You Feel free to start wherever you want yeah. um, and be as vague or as, or as concrete as you would like as well. The floor is yours. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'd say... You know, no, like, real real crazy, like, conversion story. I, I grew up in a Christian home. My mom and dad, they both actually met at Penn, coincidentally. But both both committed Christians. Grew up, like, going to church ever since I can remember going, you know, Sunday school, like, Awana. Like, Bible study, the whole the whole nine yards. Awana, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly, with the little buttons, dude, and the little <laughs> Yeah, sparks, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, grew up doing all that, and then went to, went to like, Christian middle school or, like, Lutheran middle school, and then... Uh, high school went to private high school it wasn't a Christian school but I think um, really started to like think about my faith and what it means seriously for me is I kind of got to the end of high school and into college and left home to go to the east coast I think you know it's, it's pretty easy at least for me growing up in a Christian home to you know you just kind of do the things that Christians do without really thinking about like okay like is this my own faith or just my mom and dad's you know like why am I going to church right or like why am I going to youth group like why why are these things that I'm doing like why do they matter my own faith. So I think it was not until I stepped away from home and, you know, went to Rice, went to Penn and, and worked different places and really was like out of that environment that I sort of started coming to grips with like, no, no, this is like what I believe, you know, because it's it's what I believe, you know, not because it's just my family has done this for forever or, you know, or all my friends are Christian or, you know, that's just how I was raised um, type of deal. So I think like really taking ownership of my own faith didn't start to happen until I, I got older and hopefully more mature and just had the space and time to like be away from home and think about these things like, you know, where there's no one telling you to like get up and go to church or like there's no one telling you to like, 
you know, you should, you should go find a fellowship group or stuff like that. But I really started to more sense the need for like my relationship with God as I left home um, and found myself in other environments where it's like, whoa, like, you know, this is very different than what I've grown up in. Like, I, I really need to make sure that, that I'm pursuing a relationship with God, like intentionally, whether that be at, you know, Penn or whether that be um, at Rice, or, like other places I've been throughout being in college. So I think that's still definitely like a work in progress for sure. And I know it is for sure, even especially like how I've been at home for the semester and like finding myself kind of in my senior year, like, you know, not being at, at school or like not being able to be around guys at Christian Union or guys from the rowing team and stuff like that. But having having more time, you know, with my family and then also like with God, um, right, to really like kind of work on that relationship. So definitely still a process of continuing to take ownership of that. But yeah, it's kind of in a nutshell. Cool. Yeah. Um, Caleb, any thoughts? Not yet. We're working on him. I'm processing. I'm processing, dude. Yeah. Okay, cool. I uh, just want to check. Um, yeah, Matt, thanks for sharing. So I think what's interesting is, especially growing up, just I think by virtue of being in the United States and, you know, this traditionally pretty Christian Judeo culture, a lot of, I think, other students and a lot of people our age would probably say something similar just in the sense that, like, hey, my parents were Christian grew up in the church, you know, similar to you, been, been going there as long as I remember. But there's always, there always seems to be some like crossroads, right? Where, or some fork in the road where you decide, and usually it is like something to do with college or just like around 18 or like in high school or something where either a pivotal moment happens or several pivotal moments happen that kind of help you decide what exactly am I going to do with this? Like, what did that look like for you? Like, what do you think gradually prompted you to say, as you're saying, Hey, is this like something I believe or is this just like mom and pop Christianity? You know, every time I go visit home when I'm older, that's the only time I'm going to go to church as opposed to what you do now, which is, you know, intentional using word that you used. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think, and I even think back to like my freshman year, there, there wasn't necessarily, at least when I first went to college, like a, a big or a cataclysmic sort of like, whoa, you know, like this willing to take stock of like what I actually believe. I think it was, you know, I just naturally was like, okay, like I should join a fellowship, you know? And like, I, even if I wasn't like, oh, this is life or death, but like, it was something I was like, okay, I, I need to, I should do this. Right. Cause that's just like what I've been trained, you know, I, I, I should do that. But I think as I look back at like the, the arc of like my almost four years in college, yeah, I, I, I've definitely like been in places or had experiences that have showed me like, wow, like when you're not plugged into that community of faith and when you're not pursuing a relationship with God, like, things can go very much so off the rails for you, whether that's, yeah, whether that's struggling with different temptations, whether that's finding yourself in a situation where you're like, how did I like wind up here or like doing this sort of thing? And you really have to take a step back and be like, okay, whoa, just because I'm plugged into the Christian union, just because I meet with food, you're just because, you know, you go through gospel, that doesn't guarantee, you know, that, that those things are necessarily going to work themselves out in your life. Like it's important to do those things, but it's also to have the head knowledge. But like, if that doesn't make it down to your heart or if you're not, you know, continually praying and asking God, like, please, you know, like, take this, what I, what I know, what I'm learning, right, in Christian Union or these different groups and, like, help help it work itself out in my life. That can be a problem. So I know that for me, like, even, like, my, so my freshman summer, I, I left home to go fishing in Alaska on a commercial fishing boat. So I was, like, there for, like, two months, like, on the boat. And I remember, like, I did not speak to, like, another Christian for, like, those two and a half, almost three months I was up there. And I remember just thinking, like, wow, like, when you're, like, not plugged into those fellowship groups, learning, reading. Like I have my Bible, but like I didn't read it all the time. Like I could have, but like for whatever reason, I was like, ah, you know, like I have, I'm doing work. Like my sleep schedule is so messed up or whatever. You make excuses. And I remember like coming back, sort of taking a look in the mirror when I got home for like two weeks. Cause I, I came home for like two weeks and went right to Penn. 
and I was like, wow, like kind of picked up some habits and like the way of being that is like not how I should be. You know what I mean? It's not what a Christian looks like. And it's subtle because it's like, you know, if you're in those sorts of environments, you just sort of pick up things and, you know, you just sort of start to act the way people act in those places. And I remember just being like, wow, like, you know, I need to change this. I remember like coming to Penn and I remember, you know, it's NSO and there's parties going on and this and that. So like, you know, I'd go out and try to meet people and stuff. I was like, man, like this is not, you know, this is not really the scene I'm, I'm trying to necessarily be in all the time. And I remember like there was a Christian fellowship night. I forget what it was called, but it was like this white tent that was like out in front yeah. of Houston or out in front of College Green. Yeah, we were there. We were there. Yeah, that. you guys are probably there. Yeah, and yeah, I remember, on, I remember <laughs> reading about it or somehow I, I got it. I get, oh, I had emailed Tucker. That's what it was. I had exchanged emails with Tucker before I got to Penn. And he was like, oh, you know, like we're doing this thing with all these groups. And I was like, okay. So I remember just like making a beeline for there and being like, I don't know who I'm going to meet or like who's going to be there. But like, I know I need to like get my butt there. Because regardless of like whether you know, I'm at a new school or whether, you know, like it's like I, I know I need to be like surrounded with people who are Christians and like whatever group I end up joining or whatever, I just need to like put myself in that environment intentionally. And that was the first conversation I ever had with Theron. I remember talking with him. I remember meeting Ethan, JV, talking with him. Talker obviously was there. Like all these people who like I'm, you know, still friends with to this day yeah. and have made a big, big impact on my spiritual walk throughout Penn. So, yeah, I think to, to kind of answer your question about inflection points, that was like one sort of inflection point that I kind of see like that transition coming back from Alaska, going to Penn. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely been others throughout like my college time. But like that's that's definitely one where I was like, OK, you know, I, I really need to like make an effort here for like the next three years. I'm at this school to like surround myself intentionally with people who you know, maybe we don't agree on everything, you know, doctrinally, this and that. But but with yeah. people who are approaching the world from that same starting point and who can encourage me to do the same. It can be lonely. You know, especially I, at that time, I was walking on the rowing team, too. So, like, you're walking on a Division One team. Like, that'll kind of take up a lot of your life. Yeah. You know, I, I love my teammates, but I also, I was like, okay, you know, I know I need to, like, invest in relationships with other brothers and brothers and sisters, other brothers specifically, who can, like, encourage me and keep me accountable and support me, you know, like, in the walk. Because I, that had always been just, like, available to me in high school. It was like, oh, yeah, of course. So, you're going to have someone who is going to disciple you or someone who's going to, you know, whatever. And it was more of coming to college, like, okay, well, I need to, like, seek these things out. Because I was like, okay, I know like what can happen when, you know, you just sort of neglect that part of your life and aren't intentional about pursuing that walk with God and, and doing it in the context of community, I think, supporting. Yeah. So, yeah. So like kind of on that note, talk about like the, almost like the flip side, right? I think like a lot of people who come from like a almost, almost like exclusively Christian background as well have grown up, right? Going to church maybe like gone to like mm -hmm. Christian Christian school their whole life have only known Christians. And when they get to college, they still only know Christians. Right. Whereas you, on the other hand, have to like, it, it sounds like you have had to make more of an effort to seek out Christian friends as opposed to non-Christian friends. So the thing that kept coming to mind as you were talking is like this idea of being in the world, but not of it. Right. So it sounds like for a large part of your story, you were in the world How's Christian uh, community helped you yeah, no, interact with non-Christians? No, I guess. that's a great um, question. I think outside of that context, yeah, yeah, I think it's important. It's good to yeah have that balance that I've been, I guess, fortunate to have throughout my life, even, even going back to high school. I think the way I see it is like my relationships with people in the community of faith, like for instance at Penn, like I I don't necessarily see the people in, in Christian Union as frequently as I do like my teammates, right? Just good by nature of like. You, I live with them, right? Because we're all up early in the morning and then going to practice in the yeah. afternoon and stuff like that. So I have a lot more like 
day-to-day interaction per se with with my teammates but my relationships with people in Christian Union like intentionally like okay I'm gonna schedule I have like a standing whatever it is back on campus like a standing lunch meeting with Tucker like every Thursday or like meeting with Theron every other Thursday or like I'm getting together with like Leo and Carson for like small group and then doing this like on another day during the week right so like carving out intentionally those blocks of time that for me it was always and it's different being at home but back when I was on campus it was it was very much so like a centering like a recentering, right for me of being like okay this is not that it's like and I don't like the term necessarily safe space but it's like this is where you can really have that like deep connection with those other people that like even though I mean I'm close to my teammates obviously because we go through the season together and it's hard and stuff like that but there's only so so deep of a connection you can necessarily make right as opposed to if you're coming together with someone from the same faith background and the same belief you know and from the gospel really um so I think to kind of answer your question like having that combination of the two like helps ground you right so like you know I think if you're fully fully totally and this is not to knock people who have like all Christian friends or majority Christian friends, I think that's good. But for me, I know it's been good to have that sphere, right? And then also be able to take that and interact with my whatever teammates or guys like in the fraternity, like I'm in a fraternity, guys in the fraternity or like guys, you know, in, in these different jobs that I've done and stuff like that. And it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely hard, I would say, because, you know, you, if you're in a community, right, for a lot of your time, you start to assimilate, start to pick up these sorts of things and, and habits that people around you have. And I've definitely struggled with a lot of things in that regard, but it's been good to grow my faith and that, you know, you, you get used to being like, okay, you know, like my team, I'm, I'm not going to do like X, Y, and Z or like whatever. And you learn to be able to like rely on like really not your own strength, but just being like, okay, then this is what I believe. And like, if, if people want to like laugh at me or joke, like fine, whatever, that doesn't matter to me. Hmm. So yeah, it's definitely, and I, I feel like that's especially like is you know, we leave Penn, or it's like, as I get really to leave Penn, right? they're like, whatever career you're going into, like, that's going to be a function of how we, we all live our lives, right? Unless we go into ministry right away, but that's a different story. But, you know, if you go work at a firm, you go work at a bank or something, you know, it's not like all your coworkers are going to be Christian. So, I, you know, I feel like being able to live and interact mm-hmm. kind of seamlessly between those two groups has definitely been like a good experience for me. And again, like, it's definitely challenging, but I think it's helped mature my faith as well. Yeah. That's a perfect segue into the question I had in mind. I think when throughout this conversation, hopefully as like listeners can pick up and also just from my own personal experience of knowing Matt, you're a really self-aware guy. Like you, you really, you really seem to understand where you're situated in relation to other people. And, and maybe more importantly, the impact of your like circumstantial situation with your relationship with God or like other believers in, in terms of your faith. And you can kind of see that and like, when you're talking about your inflection points, there are just some moments where I'm like, it happened to you, but like, it certainly, I feel like doesn't happen to like a lot of people, if not like most people, for instance, like, I mean, I can think of so many examples, like for instance, like, like going out during NSO and you being able to be like, what am I doing here? Like, how, how did I get here? Um, and, and what am I going to do to get out? I feel like most people, they might, there might be some like inkling of like, all right, this isn't like exactly what I thought it was, but I'm, you know, I'm still going to keep trying. And like, this is, you know, yeah. there's, there's this, sense of inertia of like, all right, I'm already here. Might as well keep going. And then also with someone like on a division one sports team, and like the sheer time commitment and the experiences you share with the guys on the team, that also just seems like another like gravity. Well, where you're just like, even though it might not be actually life-giving, you just kind of convince yourself through habit or through routine that like, this is just how things are. But like what we've been hearing so far is like, a really deliberate departure of, of yourself from these 
things that I think a lot of people would say like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't like, or, um, you know, there's so much going on or I really wish I had more control or, or like autonomy or self-control over what's going on in my life. But listening to your experiences, it really seems like most of us probably don't have much of an excuse. So like going off of that, what do you think, I'm sure I'm positive, a lot of it is the working of the spirit within you yeah. kind of prompting you to do these things. But like yeah. what allows you to be so self-aware or to be so like deliberate and diligent really about how you're spending your time, what your life looks like, who's influencing you. Because that seems like something that a lot of Christians, especially in college, and I'm sure as you move on to full time, just kind of put on the wayside. And they're just like, they take on this more passive role in what happens to them as opposed to you. I see like a very, mm -hmm. like, listen, what happens to me is decided by me. Mm -hmm. There are some things I can't control, sure, but mm -hmm. um, here's what I'm going to do mm -hmm. to adjust for that. So like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think, I mean, obviously to your point, it's like, you know, it is like the prompting and working of the Holy Spirit in 100%, you know. I think through that, like, I, I don't know, I think my personality is such, like, I'm just like a pretty reflective person by nature. Mm -hmm. And I even, I started, I'm trying to think when I started this. I guess it was beginning, yeah, it was beginning of my sophomore year as I was trying to, like, walk on the team. Because I'd had this goal since before I transferred in from Rice. Like, I wasn't even in the school, like, in, independent. I was like, I want to row for Penn. Which like seemed ludicrous at the time. I was like, first, dude, dude get accepted first, man. Like, yeah. put the cart in front of the horse. Um, but uh, I remember like sitting in my dorm, and I had come back from. Uh, it was like one of the parties at NSO, and you know, not that these things are bad. Right? I was like, yeah, okay, I go out and meet some people and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, okay, well, there's really not much going on here, you know, and I'm not you know, trying to go get plastered today and or or ever. Really, it's just like not not a situation, not a situation. I was like, I need to extricate myself. But I remember coming back to my dorm and I, I, I pulled out, I guess it was like a notebook or whatever. And just started like, just like writing out my thoughts, like kind of keeping a journal. And like, I've, I've done that for the last, I guess now two years. And I think that has really helped me, at least for me personally, like I get my thoughts out best, like when I either speak to someone or when I write them out as if I'm speaking to myself. Hmm. And yeah, so just, that's just one of the ways I think to answer your question. It's like in terms of being self-aware, being able to just like sit down and just start writing. And then you just kind of follow not to sound all like mystical and stuff, but like you follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, you just, you just sort of like write it, whether it's like you're writing to yourself, whether you, it turns into like a prayer, yeah. right? Like mid, mid paragraph, mid sentence. But I, I've tried to like, and I had started that trying to keep a journal like in, in fits and starts during high school and, and just was never able to commit to it. But I remember starting it when I got to Penn and I filled up one like kind of notebook and then I have a second one that I'm almost done with working through. And I mean, it's not as consistent as I like it. You know, it's not like, oh, I have to write every day or else. But I think that has really helped me mm. at the times where I'm like, okay, I need to like take a step back here and sort of think about what direction am I plotting and you know, wh who am I surrounding myself with? How are they helping me grow? How are they not helping me grow? How am I helping them grow? Right. Yeah. Inversely and sort of being able to like have a space, to, like ask myself those questions and then see what comes out. Right. Cause then, you know, that's in, in a way sort of like unraveling and untangling the stuff that's in my own head and heart. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's been a helpful like habit to get into that I think has like helped promote me being self-aware and me being like, okay, you know, like in this situation, like I need to do this or I need to do that. Or even just being like, I don't know what to do. I need to pray. And I just write out a prayer, right? Or something like that. And, and to look to look back on those things too. Like I was I was actually the other day, I was like flipping through my, my journal, like what was going on like before the pandemic hit, right? In January, February, like what, what, what was I thinking about during that time? Where was I, mm. right? What was I thinking about? Who was I, who was I hanging out with? Like, 
what was I struggling with? What was I worried about? Like what, and how has that changed over time yeah. or not changed over time? And you really start to get a sense of like that narrative arc of your weeks and days and months and years eventually. So yeah, that's just one of the ways I think that kind of comes to mind in answer to your question. Totally. Yeah. Caleb, I know, um, you have an extensive like habit of journaling as well. Um, or at least I remember like talking about it uh, with you our freshman year, like a few years ago. Oh, wow. yeah. But just, yeah, maybe to like put something, my thoughts in quickly here. As you were like talking, I was like, this seems like generally like good like advice. You might even hear it from even like non-Christian people who are just, like, you know, try journaling or, or you know, they have like daily sure. journals or like bullet journaling, all these yeah. things. But as you were talking about like the benefits of it or like what happens or what you're actually doing, I just kept thinking like, wow, this is like a really biblical thing to do on like several fronts. I mean, the first one I think is this aspect that Nick Nowak kind of talks about of this like self audit. Like, yeah. you know, you people will constantly say like, oh, I just have too much going on or like, I, mm-hmm. I can't, but like they have, they don't even really know what's going on because right. like, it's just like this very surface level understanding even of their own lives. Um, and I'm, I'm probably the, the first one in line to, to say that's the case for me. So like, you know, the first step is to even find out what is going on. And then once that happens, I think what was cool is I think a lot of people might approach journaling into a very, again, like passive thing where you just kind of take down notes on what happens, which is a good first step. But mm-hmm. What I hear you doing is kind of what psalmists do, where you know they yeah. recognize what's going on, but they then it's not just their heart or their circumstances talking to them, but they're speaking back to it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Hey, like you know, why are you downcast on my soul?" Where like mid mid sentence, mid paragraph, you turn into a prayer and you're like, "Actually, like you know, all these things happen, and it's not to minimize that, but I know something greater. Mm-hmm. Like here's the actual truth, like to to like reorient almost mm-hmm. and." I think the final point that I was thinking of is, you know, being able to flip back and open up journals. I know of a few, many filias ago last year, we had a speaker come in and she was talking about how in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Yeah. You know, yeah. A, a lot of, a lot of the purpose is of, of that book of what they're trying to say to the Israelites is like, remember, 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 like, mm-hmm. like remember what the Lord has done for you. And you know, it, it's so easy for us to look at the Israelites and say like, dude, like, your God just like split an ocean, like a sea, like you're going to like start complaining or like doubting him. Are you kidding yeah. me? But here we yeah. are doing those same exact things, you know, like, uh, you know, several weeks ago or months ago or years ago, God performs this absolutely miraculous uh, act in your life. And what do you know? You know, just a short, a short while later, you, you lose all your faith because you fail to remember. So yeah. it's, it seems like you're checking off a lot of um, like boxes of spiritual disciplines with just this like really quite simple habit mm-hmm. so that's 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 really cool Caleb I'm sure you can I listen yeah. I, I've like I bought like a you know like a ten dollar like daily journal thing yeah. when I was in senior year and you know mm-hmm. that worked for like seven yeah. days maybe eight yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> if, if I'm being generous with myself but yeah. man I'm, I'm feeling a lot more motivated right now to do it <laughs> should pick it back up Leo it's uh it's pretty it's pretty nice I should clearly yeah, <laughs> yeah. if for if the for the very least uh for for the fact that like when someone asks you, like, what did we do that day? Uh, you can just pull out your journal and be like, oh, we did this. I'm right. Yeah. You're not. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think <laughs> likewise for me, um, when I'm journaling, I, I don't I don't think I typically journal as like, you know, as deeply. A lot of times it is like just that bullet point um, or like sentences like, oh, this is what I did today, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there are times like I'll go back and it's like 
no, God did something incredible today, and there's just like pages, right, of like reflection, yeah. or like yeah. something awful happened today, pages of reflection, right? And yeah. so it's very interesting, right, like to go back and to like look at the things that I've gone through, um, thoughts that I I've had, and certain emotional states that I've had as well, and to mm-hmm. see like almost like the narrative arc, right, like the story arc of like what what came after that, or like how did God fix this, or how did how did God mm-hmm. work through this as well, so. Yeah, very interesting. This journaling thing, highly <laughs> recommend. But the question that I was going to ask is kind of kind of off of journaling and prayer, and it was more directly onto prayer. So you mentioned earlier, Matt, that one of the things, and I and I think this is like very correct, right? <laughs> like the way that we get head, like knowledge from head to heart, is by like pleading with the spirit, like please, like take this and apply this to my life. So how do you, for yourself, like work through that in prayer? Uh, both in a journaling sense and like just in like outside of journaling context. And mm-hmm. I ask this because there's a lot of times I think people have a tendency to do one of two things, right? One tendency is to over spiritualize and like, mm-hmm. in, like all, it's like people who say is improper to pray anything but the will of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I'm feeling like sad right now, if I'm feeling like upset, like I feel like, I'm not trusting God. Well, I shouldn't be praying about those things. I should only be praying God's will because John 15 says, I need to abide in Jesus. And if he abides in me, then what I ask will be given to me, right? But then there are other people who are like only spend time praying about how they're feeling and praying about like their situation and their circumstance, right? And I don't think neither of those are entirely correct. And neither of those really get us to, or, or properly asking the spirit to, you know, take what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the word that we're reading and take that and put that into our hearts. So how does how does prayer look like, or what does prayer look like for you um, yeah. when you're working through stuff like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually, the first thing I thought about was, and you guys may have read it or people who listen might have read it, but uh, Praying Life by Paul Miller is a fantastic <laughs> Let's go. book. That's like the yeah. fifth time that book's been recommended on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Unsponsored. so I'll, I'll Unsponsored. be the fifth to recommend it. But I mean, yeah, I, I actually, I went through that earlier this quarantine with a guy who used to seven me in high school, very randomly. I like met up with him and he was like, Hey, like, do you want to go through a praying life? I was like, all right, like, cool. Like, I don't really, it's like I'm doing much, like, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I went through that, and like, kind of what you were saying, like, completely changed like how I view prayer because I did not, and I still struggle with this, but I did not like my prayer life was almost non-existent. I'd say beyond the like, you pray for your food, and like, okay, I'm, stuff is really hitting the fan, and like, oh, I need God now. God help me, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So, but yeah, I mean, just to, and he talks a lot about. Uh, you know, you, you can read the book. I'm not going to give a summary of the book. But, like, one of the things that stuck out to me a lot was, like, yeah, the idea of, like, God as a father and, like, you come to God, like, messy. You don't have to, like, fix yourself up and then pray. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of – I know that a lot of people, like, I know me specifically. Like, I was like, ah, oh, if I've sinned or, like, I'm struggling with this, that, um, or something else, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I am too ashamed to pray. Like, I don't want to pray. You know, I'm just going to whatever. Like, so I yeah, think well. that, like, the, reading that book and then combining that with the journaling aspect – I know for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to pray. Like, I just try and sit and pray, and I get distracted within, like, five seconds. It's like, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z. So, like, his, his idea of, like, having, like, prayer cards that you can just, like, go through. It's, like, five or six cards that I have for, like, specific relationships in my life or specific decisions that, like, are ongoing that I'm, you know, like, thinking about and I'm not sure about. And just, like, making a habit of going through those. And it's like, not like you're going to hear, like, an audible, you know, voice from the Lord type of deal, but making that a consistent, like, discipline. And then when you do that, at least for me, I found, like, the days that I'm doing that and really being intentional about doing that in the morning, even if I don't feel like it, but when I'm doing it, like those sorts of like things and thoughts are like bouncing around in my head the rest of the day. Um, once you go back to your point about like bringing it from the head to the heart, it's like, 
if the underlying, I don't know what analogy to use, I want to say music, but it's not a good analogy. But if the underlying sort of like currents of your thinking throughout the day is this prayerful attitude of going before God, right, that you've, you've had in the, in the morning or whatever, you know, whatever it is you do it, that it's like, it's not like I'm just, just thinking about that during the day, right? I'm doing work and I'm doing school and different stuff. Mm-hmm. Like in the quiet moments, because we all have like tons of quiet mental moments during the day, I would see my mind like naturally drift back toward those things and be like, you know, like, what am I doing today? Like maybe, you know, how is God like maybe answering these prayers? How is God, like, what am I thinking about that? Like, what is God showing me today? And what am I learning? That sort of thing. So I think that those disciplines, like the disciplines aren't the be all and end all, but like definitely, definitely cultivating that habit of prayer, which I still struggle with a lot, but hopefully I'm a little bit better than I was earlier in the summer. But that's like you said, like one of the main ways and it's we sort of meditate, right? If you talk about in Psalms, mm-hmm. it talks about meditating, not in the sense of like closing your eyes and clearing your mind, but in the sense of filling your mind with God's truth and, and with him. So I think that's, that's one of the important things that I've sort of realized about prayer and like how that dovetails into being self-aware and sort of being able to use like prayer and your relationship with God and use that as like the filter and the prism through which you see these things that are happening in your life. These people that come into your life, these relationships, difficulties, you know, sadness, struggle, whatever it is. And that's like the prism by which you can then analyze it. And yeah, I mean, it's a freeing thought to be like, okay, I don't have to like pull myself together, you know, spiritually because before I come to God, because it's like, I'm just not together spiritually, you know, none of us are right. Um, Ultimately. And God knows that, and He, that's why we have the gospel, right? So, yeah, I think, yeah, I hope that answered your question, but that's kind of, kind of my thoughts about prayer and, and all that. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not, not bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So have you found that prayer cards are helpful for you in journaling and like meditating as well in that sense? Then? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know personally for me, like after I finished the book, I was like, yeah, I'm going to start prayer cards. But then like I, I wrote a bunch of cards and I never, <laughs> I never used them. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like I have them like they're in a little flap like inside my journal. So whenever I like pull my journal, I have them there and I can just kind of like flip through them. But since I've been going through them for a while, like I just sort of have them all in my head too. Like I know which cards are which and what I'm what I'm praying for for what. And there there are a lot of like they're it's good because they're like the ongoing things where it's like this relationship with so and so. That's like it's not like I'm praying for like oh like please hope this to happen and on this date and then it'll happen or not happen. It's one of those things. that's like an ongoing you know it's a relationship like it's going to grow and develop. It has a life of its own, right? Mm. Or or a decision, right? That's like far out in the future and I don't really know which way I should go and this and that, but I want to like be intentional about just like praying about it. Right. And not just relying on my own, like, okay, like solve the problem, like figure out what I should do, analyze the pros and cons and then boom, act like that's good, you know, but if that's done outside of the context of taking a step back and be like, okay, first of all, God, like you're sovereign, you're in control of my life. And, you know, no matter what happens to this decision or which way I decide to go, I want to be intentional about honoring you and this sort of thing. Um, so I think prayer and those prayer cards for me, and, and it's not like he says in the, you know, it's not like you have to do prayer cards per se. Everyone has their own system, but some method of sort of like anchoring yourself as you're praying and as you're, as you're like talking with God or wrestling with God and is important to have, I think. So it, it's helped me at least. This um, Matt and Caleb, I'm sure, you know, just being in Bible course this semester, but this definitely reminds me of that passage in Mark. I'm not sure if your sophomore guys are quite there yet, Matt. Um, but that verse where the man goes up to Jesus, it's the, you know, I believe, help my unbelief right. Right. Um, episode, where in the end, the disciples are like, 
why weren't we able to, mm-hmm. you know, like get it done this time? Like you, you told us, you, you like gave us this commission to heal people and cast out demons. And like, we couldn't do either of those things. And Jesus, I'm totally going to botch it. So forgive me, Christ. But the idea is that like, you know, this can only be done through prayer. Like this, this, the, the only way this is going to get done is through prayer. And that, you know, as I've said to the other junior guys, like Jesus, classic cryptic guy, you know, just like, you know, speaking parables right. all the time. But this is like particularly puzzling, um, I think for, for the disciples and I think for us, but as you're talking it, the way it kind of unraveled in my head was the disciples are so caught up in their own insufficiency. And as you were kind of like talking about earlier, you know, we've all been in those moments where you've like hurt someone so badly or like you, you've done something so like corrupt and heinous where you're just like, I can't possibly yeah. like, how could I be so like two faced yeah. to like do that? And then immediately turn to God and then say like, Hey, like <laughs> hey. super awkward, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so, it's like, you know, it's like literally there's like a dead body. There's basically like a dead body in the background yeah. and you're, you're like yeah. asking, um, you know, for grace and, Man, like I've struggled with that constantly, and especially I think as you get deeper, um, and you know, to invoke the name of Miller once again, uh, beyond a praying life, like you know, the classic diagram of the diverging lines, where as you, um, as you walk in your faith more and more, your understanding of your own fallenness grows larger. But you're also supposed to, and you're supposed to grasp this overwhelming glory and holiness of God, and what's supposed to bridge that gap is the cross, right? So the cross becomes larger and larger. The gospel becomes larger and larger in your life. Um, but right. so many times I think we get so caught up in our own insufficiency that we just forget and we, it's almost irreverent. It is irreverent mm-hmm. and insulting mm-hmm. to God mm-hmm. because you're basically projecting your own insufficiency onto God and saying, mm-hmm. the implication is like, actually, God, I'm so bad that not you even good grace. Yeah. 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 That, yeah <laughs> like not even you are good enough to yeah. reconcile with me. So I guess yeah. my question is, and, and, I've asked this, you know, even to like Fuji and, and Tucker and Theron, and you know, ultimately, what I've come to realize is this really is just like a spirit thing that uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he's going to do in his perfect timing. But what do you do? And this kind of goes back to this idea that you're speaking to yourself, right? You're speaking to your own feelings. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, it's not your feelings that dominate you. You're speaking to the condition of your heart and your postures. But like, how do you effectively remind yourself of the gospel reality, it, especially in those moments when you're like, man, like how could I, how could I come in prayer right now? You know, like you say, come as you are, but like, I, how, how could I, I can't do that right now. It's like, what do you yeah. do to overcome that? Cause th- I think for a lot of Christians, I bet that's like a very over, it's that sense of shame, you know? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And on yeah. top of that too, like how have you found community to play a role in that as well? Oh yeah. Good yeah. Question. Yeah. That, that was going to be a big part of my answer too. I, I, I think community is a hundred percent a massive part of that. I mean, cause yeah, I mean, I've definitely, even recently been, you know, been in a situation where it's like, man, like I've messed up, you know, big time or like really just like damage this relationship, you know, or really yeah. something that's like, wow, like, you know, this, this is going to be how it is now, you know what I mean? Cause if like, you know, you know, I've done, you know, whatever I've done. And I think it's very difficult if you're by yourself, right. To be able to, to like, like, yeah, like, like you were saying, you know, it's like, man, like, I, I, I don't even want to pray. You know, I, I can't even pray or like, I can't. And, and like you were saying, that's ultimately like, you know, you're saying God's grace isn't good enough. But I think, again, from my experience, like when you're in that moment, you're just like, dude, but like, I can't believe I did X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? I just, I know I've had like people in, in my life, Theron, definitely, Tucker, definitely, 
Fuji definitely all at specific points. Um, Even the other week, I was talking to a guy who helped, he kind of like helped disciple me um, in high school. And we were talking about some things and, you know, just the encouragement of like, dude, you know, you sin, we sin and we repent and turn from that. And then it's, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, not that you won't feel the effects of it because with certain sin you do. And whether it's lifelong, whether it's for a long time, like, you know, that's the consequence of living in a fallen world and sinning. But the idea that, you know, you don't have to live with like this baggage or this weight right on your shoulder. And it's for me, I know personally, like to hear that from other people who are like mature Christians who I respect, right. And who I know are, you know, come or are going to tell me, you know, from, from a gospel perspective, it's not just like, Oh, feel good about yourself. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. You know, don't worry about it. Cause that's what you're going to hear a lot of times, you know, from the world. It's like, ah, not that big of a deal or like justification. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you weren't really in the wrong. There's sometimes like, no dude, like this was my fault. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm owning this one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think the danger, like you were saying, is to sway so far inside of like, wow, like this is just irredeemable or like, I'm just going to be weighed down by this. Not in the sense you're like, I'm not saved anymore. But like, I know for me, it's like, you just feel a weight that's like continually with you. Right. And I think community to, to, to speak to what Caleb was getting at, like community is a vital, vital part of that. Because if you're by yourself, you are, you're going to lose the battle. You know what I mean? Like you're putting yourself in danger of just, my dad said this to me one time. I'm pretty sure he definitely got it from somewhere else, but the idea that like sin and guilt, like they want to have like a man alone, you know what I mean? Um, like if you are by yourself without those sort of like lifelines. And I think of those relationships, like the Tuckers, the Therans, the Fujis, you know, my own dad, you know, we have that like as a sort of like, well, as lifelines in a sense where it's like, you know, if I'm just struggling to, to the extent that like, I just, dude, I, I, I can't like come before God. Like I, I, you know, you feel guilty if you go to church, like stuff like that. Yeah. You, and like you're saying, you yeah. feel like such a, a hypocrite, yeah. but to have people who come alongside you. And for me, especially it's like, dude, like I've been there, you know what I mean? Like I've been there. And now as I think of like, again, like, you know, I'm, I'm only 21, but like, you know, for the, the different mistakes and stuff I've made in my life, like I've even with my, my little brother of like being able to like come alongside him and be like, dude, man, like, a, like, I've done this, don't do it, you know, um, take heed, don't do it, you know, but also, like, we all sin, like, we all fall short, and, like, being able to, like, have that experience to come alongside someone and be like, look, man, like, I, I've been there, like, I understand what it feels like to struggle with that weight, right, and to really shed it, right, because if you don't shed it, you're, you can't grow, so it's, like, a fine line between, again, like I said, like, excusing oh, yeah. to be like, oh, well, not a big deal, but yeah. also, like, recognizing the gravity and then moving, right, like moving forward, I think is like something that I've struggled with and continue to struggle with. And a lot of people struggle with. And I think community is a vital, vital way to like help pull us out of that and, and back kind of on the track of like, okay, not only am I still saved, but like I can still grow. I can still, you know, God, when God looks at me, he doesn't see like my own heinous failures. He sees like Jesus righteousness. And like, that's a very real thing that if you can't remind yourself of that, like you need other people to remind you of it. And I've definitely been there. So, Amen. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that part about, like, walking the line between, like, saying that it's okay because of Christ, but then also recognizing, like, how, how big of a deal it is, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just reminds me, reminded me of Romans, right? Like, Romans, yeah. Romans 7 comes before Romans 8, and yeah. it comes yeah. before Romans 8 for a reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we have to get to, what a wretched man am I? or wretched man that I am before we get to, therefore there is no condemnation in Christ. And both are like equally weighty things to like contemplate in their own right. Uh Um, But I guess this is actually a nice transition um, since you started talking about like discipling others as well. So how have you found, or what what has your experience been being an ABCL and leading Bible study? 
and stuff like that. And how has this like played a role in your mindset when it comes to leading or like teaching the word and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, being ABCL has been fantastic and it's, it's been so great to have continuity with the guys. Like we had the freshman guys last year and then, you know, obviously it's on, on zoom and virtual, but being able to still have that continuity with guys and, and seeing how we've all grown and developing through college and, you know, personally and, and, and stuff like that, but also in our faith. Yeah, I think to kind of answer your question, how like thinking through these things, I, I mean, it, it's just kind of motivated me in the, in the way that, you know, I sort of present the word and, 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 and really like when you're, yeah, when you're ABCL, it's like you're trying to get yourself out of the way as much as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're trying to yeah. just, just present and, you know, say what's biblical and what's true and then just really ask questions and help guys think about like how this really maps onto your own life or to their own lives rather. But yeah, I mean, my, my kind of mentality with it is like, you know, like I, I want to be like as open and honest as like I can be in terms of, you know, things I've done that have been like God's grace have been, been good in my life spiritually and things that I've like, I, I really like dropped the ball and really, you know, really struggle with, you know, X, Y, and Z sin or like done, done these sorts of things that, that I'm not necessarily proud of, but like I'm willing to share, right? You know, I think when you're in like in small groups, it's easy to just like skim the surface and just be like, you know, when you're talking about things you're struggling with, it's like, oh, like I struggle with like selfishness, you know, and it's like, that's a real struggle. Right. But it's also like, it's one of those like sort of respectable sins. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it can be viewed yeah. as a respectable sin. So it's important to be like, yes, like, you, you know, you struggle with that, but there's also things where it's like, you know, I'm really struggling with like, you know, we talk about for guys, you talk about like pornography, stuff like that, like stuff that's like a little bit more like you don't want to. Yeah. Like necessary. Like it's like more weird to talk. You know what I mean? But being able to talk about things that are like very real, like sins and struggles that we both have and being open about like how like I've fallen short in numerous ways. And then how also, you know, we're not alone. And I'm not talking about that specifically, but talking about like stuff in general, like you're not alone in that sort of fight. And I think it's important to like be open and honest and like real Mm -hmm. in small groups. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's sort of like mentality I approach it with as an ABCL. Because I know I've had people in my own life who are older and just be like, yeah, dude, like I struggle with whatever it is, like with anger, with, you know, like these, these different sort of sins that are like, I'm like, yeah, man, like, I'm really struggling with that too. And like, like, how did you deal with it? How, what did you, what were you reading? Like, what, where were you in the scriptures? Like what books were you, you know? And I think the more honest and open conversations you can have like that, maybe seal the better. So, or not maybe seal, but in small groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't answer the question, but it's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. I think it's an interesting tendency which like really sucks, you know, because even, I mean, obviously in large groups, uh, you're probably not going to be, you know, sharing your deepest, darkest, um, like secrets, but it's, it's even unfortunate that in, I think small groups, and I think this is, you know, in my experience as an ABCL and with you last year, I think a, a big challenge we went through or that all ABCLs go through, especially when you're working with freshmen is like these guys mm-hmm. don't know each other. Like they don't even they don't even they don't know <laughs> right. us, but like they don't even know yep. each other. It's not like it's not yep. like two groups of friends, you know, like Carson, you and I like know each other really well. Yep. But you know, it's not like they all know each other and like we're all just trying to, you know, like we're working from the ground up here. Like there there is there is no mm-hmm. foundation besides the fact that we're all Christian, which is, you know, the, pretty much the only glue right. that is holding us together. So yeah. there's a there's a delicacy to it, you know, because there is certainly there's a wrong way to do it, you know, like there's if, a time um, and a place. Yeah, absolutely. There's right. A time and and, and place. I think that's kind of what's great about some of CU's like really intentional programming, at least for the freshmen, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. there is a dedicated course for seeking God. There's like, and even for the seniors, like there's a dedicated course on like what it's going to be like after you leave college. So like, it's not, 
even though it is up to the ABCLs to lead those discussions, it's not like we're going to be in the middle of like Colossians and then all of a sudden we're going to be talking about like gluttony or something. Um, and and like, like zoom in on that as a sin, like we all, we all fall like pray to. And you know, there's a lot to be lost in these conversations and there's a lot to be gained. Right. And I think we, you spoke a lot about the gain where it's, it's the idea of like putting things into the light finally, you know, like as uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as some things are, you, you have to talk about them. Like you gotta, you gotta name it or else it's gonna continue wreak havoc because you'll have no idea what's going yeah. on. It's like you're, you're purposefully keeping the sheet over your head. But at the same time, there's certainly a way, almost in how Paul describes the law in Romans 7, where it's like if we just keep hitting, if we keep hitting people over the head, especially the guys in our Bible courses and especially the younger guys that we're like discipling and mentoring yeah. of like this super legalistic attitude. Yeah. Maybe by like some stroke of luck, you know, they're super pharisaical and they can obey it, but it's only sowing more seeds of, of corruption in some way or some form, either through like pride or as Paul describes, it's like the fact that I know it's wrong makes me want to do it even more. Like, like it's right. even though I know in my head that this is how it is, my flesh can't help but fall into this. So that is, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if there's a specific formula to achieve yeah. walking that line that you're describing, but it's certainly at the very least is one to be aware of and to know like, what's the gospel, the classic, like what's the gospel third way, right? It's like, you know, yeah. how do you get, how do you get off of the spectrum of polarities? You know, it's like, yeah. what's the gospel telling us? So yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's I it. think to your, to your point too, about, you know, like there, yeah. Cause I definitely agree. There's time and place. Right. But yeah, something that I, I again, like as ABC, like try to do, and I, I definitely am perfect doing this. But just like whether it's sending guys texts or like trying to like when you know I was on campus like yo like let's like let's go get a meal or something like that and like yeah you know, like we're not gonna talk about like the most heinous things in our own lives <laughs> like during that meal you know like, we're just like at Honey Girl like getting some stir fry you know whatever just how's yeah. it, how's your family how's school this and that um, but like if you do that on a consistent basis like you put yourself like in the window of opportunity for you know maybe one guy's like oh you know like I've been kind of struggling and thinking about this like you know what do, what do you think or stuff. You know, types of deals and, and you sort of like build those relationships in a one-on-one sense because yeah you're right you know like when you're I mean, freshman it's like you don't know anyone i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna tell you like what i'm struggling with per se you know like it, it's just a natural human thing right and it's like as you like continue to like i think intentionally build those relationships which takes time obviously out, out of you know it's not during small group time i know for me like being on kind of the other side like the younger side of it like when i'm meeting with guys like tucker you know it's, it's not like every conversation i have with him is like an earth shattering theological, you yeah. know, this, or, you know, we're sharing, you know, these different things, but like we have that rapport where it's like, Hey, like I've been really struggling with X, Y, and Z for the past you know, week. Like I need some prayer. I need some help. I was even talking to one of the guys I was like being home. Like I've been able to meet up with guys from my old church. He's an older, you know, older, older guy. I mean, he has three kids and everything. We're, we went to dinner the other week and we were talking about like this sort of thing. Like it's conversation with like small groups and stuff and sharing. And he was like, yeah, I mean like it's unfortunate to see like, a lot of times you see like professional Christians, quote unquote, is what he was saying, mm. where it's like, you know, in your, if you're in a small group and stuff like that, and it depends on the church and the culture, but when people are sharing, it's not like you don't want to just be like, okay, theologically, this is why you are wrong. Like you're thinking wrong and boom, boom, yeah. boom. And wow. this is what you need to think, which is there's like a time and place for that teaching and like understanding what the word says, like we were talking about earlier, but there's also a time and place. And I think like in small groups and especially like in one-on-ones where you're like, you just listen, and you're just like, yeah, man, like, you know, that, that's awful. Like, I, you know, I'm so sorry about that or whatever it is. You just like are there with them. Right. 
whatever is the verse, you know, like rejoice, 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 weep with those who weep, like type of thing. So, and yeah, I was like, as I've been thinking about that, it's like, wow, like just, just being able to like ask the spirit for like, okay, you know, like what does this person need to hear right now? And, and I think you, you, you know that better, like as you know the person better and as you develop that relationship yep. with them. So well said, pretty insightful. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't me. I was just, we were just having this conversation and he was, he was talking about this and I was like, wow, like I never really thought about it like that, but like, you're so yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely some people who, you know, like I'm going to go to this person or I want to talk to this person. It's very doctrinal, very like, dude, this sure. is how you need to reorient your thinking. And there's like a hundred percent, like that's necessary, right? Cause what we think the ideas we have about our faith and the word, like those are very real things that affect our lives. And there's also the people that you talk to. It's like, man, like, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to just sit with you here in this, you know, wow. sadness or, mm. you know, hurt or frustration, or whatever it is. And I'm just going to be with you here, which is uncomfortable. You know, it's an uncomfortable thing to share. It's an uncomfortable thing to, to hear because you're like, what do yeah. I say? Like, what do I do? Am I supposed to solve, help solve your problem? I what, you know, but I think it's important to, to just pray again, it comes back to prayer and just be like, okay, like, you know, like God, please speak through me here. Like speak through me to like whatever this person needs to hear right now. Or if it's nothing and just like sit and, and pray and just pray with them. So, yeah, it like almost reemphasizes like that the point that we've been making throughout this whole podcast of how important community is, right? It's like that truth and love sort of dynamic. Yeah, where there's always exactly. going to be people who yeah. are better at telling the truth because I guess that's just the way that they're wired. But then there's also people who are yeah. very loving as well. And both, pe- both sorts of people need to learn from each other and, in a sense, balance each other out. Mm. So, yep. yeah. I don't know. That's the, that's the first thought that came to mind. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> this community thing is pretty important, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it definitely Yeah, is. it's like, I wonder, I wonder why I was built this way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, Caleb, literally the phrase truth and love like sprung into my head as well as you were talking, Matt. And um, in addition to that, there's this like theme that, that kept coming up in our discussion of like, you know, living with community and living with other people. And it's this idea of like means and ends, like, what are your means and what are your ends when you're going about doing things? Because, you know, when you're talking about the professional Christian, I'm sure we've all, if if not like run into somebody like that, you've experienced an in, in interaction where you're just like, dude, like I didn't come here for a theological like lecture. Yeah. And I, I feel like oftentimes it's probably with like your parents or something, you know, it's like yeah. you ask them yeah. um, to like help them with your homework and then it turns into some like, uh, you know, discourse yeah. on discipline or something. But <laughs> right. um, <laughs> I, I can't really speak on that until I become a parent myself. But <laughs> I think the idea is like, what are your ends? Like, what are you, what are you working towards and how are you getting there? Cause I feel like for the mm. professional Christian, right. It might be easy to argue or claim that, mm-hmm. no, I really want to do it for the benefit of this person. Cause like, you know, I need them to know the truth. I need them, whatever. But really, it seems like what your end is, is to like prove something about your theology or like your theology is the end as opposed to the other person. And your theology is not a means to edify the other person, right? So like in another sense, like the person becomes the means and whatever you desire in the end Mm -hmm. is like what you're trying to Mm -hmm. accomplish through that. And I think Mm -hmm. the way that, you know, this idea of truth and love and, like the gospel posturing is the commandment is to love God and love people, right? So you've you've been given your ends, like those are your ends, uh, and mm. you know they're not they're not meant to be uh, some means to something that you want or desire or crave or need, or even just like any external thing. So 
I think that's just a, like a strange dynamic or uh, just at least an interesting one to be aware of when you're engaging with community, especially when you're put in the position of like an ABCL or um, like a a disciple or a mentor. And you're just like, what, what am I trying to get out of this? Am I trying to make myself feel better? Am I trying to prove how like much I know, or is this really for the sake of the other guy on the other side of the table um, or the the group of guys or or the group of whoever it is that you're, you're mentoring. So that's, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Yeah, like you said, the means and ends. It's it's super important to keep that in mind, and and the, and they can change in the middle of a conversation. You know what I mean? Like it, oh, yeah, it's not like yeah. one. You know, it it's a fluid thing um, where you really have to be sensitive and and praying. Even like mid conversation, like okay, like you know, God, like please just direct the conversation, right? And direct totally. direct my words and direct wow. my thoughts. So yeah, it is it is sort of intimidating when you're on the ABL ABCL side of it or that sort of side of it where you're like. And like, we're all just, not we're all just figuring it out, but we all just, we all yeah. are just figuring it out. You know, like I just happen to be two years older than these guys. And, exactly. You know, and, you know, so there's a certain point where you're like, man, like, so I think that, that understanding too, and that humility or that kind of posture is like, look, we're all on the same trajectory here. I happen to be maybe a year or two ahead of you. And maybe I've like experienced a year or two more of things or of life just to be able to like, to speak into like what you're going through. But beyond that, like. Yeah you know, we all have things to learn from each other and we, we can all encourage each other in that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like that posture of humility. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah, definitely. Caleb, if you have no more questions on this like specific segment, I wanted to sure. loop back on some, uh, like, uh, this is like 40 minutes ago. We were talking about, <laughs> um, Matt, you've had some crazy experiences in your life. I think more so than like pretty much anyone else in my life could say. Um, not like in terms of like crazy, like awful things, but just like insane experiences that you've been through, whether that's, you know, like commercial fishing off the coast of Alaska or fighting wildfires in California. This just doesn't seem like a. What are you doing next summer? Oh, I'm working for a JP <laughs> or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be sitting in a cubicle all day, uh, doing what the MD is like, has emailed me, but I, I don't really have a specific direction I want to go, but this just seems like a unique and like eclectic asset or gift that you've been given. Maybe like there is no like way to spiritualize this and I'm not trying to force it, but if there is like, I, I would like love to hear that kind of a perspective. Cause I, I can't, uh, I can't speak to the, um, the goods that that can bring in a relationship with God. Cause it's just never happened to me or I've never pursued it really. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting question. It's something that I've sort of been thinking about more so as I, I just sort of wind down, you know, like college, <laughs> start and, looking and look at the future and, of the, uh, the nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just, yeah, think about the different things, but the motivation for doing a lot of those things was not necessarily spiritual. It it was, you know, it was a lot of more so like, I want to go have an adventure. I want to go see like what this is like and whether I can hack it. There was a lot of that drive, you know, because yeah, it's like you, you, you watch it deadliest cat, you know, whatever it is. And you're like, Oh wow. Like I wonder how I would respond if I was out there or like how I, if I was on the boat. If I was, like, I, and then you wonder, but you never know. And like, for yeah, me, Matt. maybe that's just the way my mind works, but it's like, wow, I kind of want to find out. Um, like the, the rest of us and, are still uh, sitting on our couch, man. Like we're like, we, the, we ask the question and that's where we draw the line. But yeah, yeah we don't no, it's like, well, why not? <laughs> like this guy's out here doing this. Like he's not any, he can't be that much smarter or whatever than I am. So like, I, you know, might as well, like you might as well just kind of give it a whirl. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I, I think like to, to again not to open not to spiritualize it, but yeah, when you're out there, I mean, even talking about like the on a very like raw level, like you realize like how powerful like God is when you're like out on the ocean. You're just like, wow, like you know, like if I fall overboard here, like that's that's it. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. um, there were definitely moments of time where I was like, wow, like the, you talk about Jesus calming the sea and the wind and the waves. I remember thinking like, holy smoke, like you know. The, <laughs> It's a pretty big deal, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's not small potatoes. So you definitely, you definitely start to get a sense of like the awesome power of like the world that God has created. I remember having those uh, thoughts a lot, you know, whether it's fishing or firefighting and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I think also too, like to go back to what we were talking about, like being in but not of. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, you know, you put yourself. At least for me, it's like you drop yourself in these situations where you have no idea what's going on, really. Like I remember showing up on the boat the first day, and it's like. I know bow and stern and port and starboard and like, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. And the idea that like, we're going to be out doing salmon. And, and that was kind of the extent of like what I knew what was going on. So you, you put yourself in these situations where you have to figure out like, okay, how, where do I fit in this little like micro family of this boat? that's going to five people for like two and a half months living in close quarters. And then yeah. once you sort of get a handle on that, you're like, okay, well, you start to get to know people, right? Because you're living with them, right? Or whether it's on a firefighting crew or rowing team, you know, you're living with them. You start to pick up like, okay, how could I, I'm not going to start necessarily uh, going down the Romans road with my captain, you know, but how can I in different ways sort of like either show the gospel, live out the gospel, you know, even if it's not a conversation, but just like, you know, like be mindful of that, I think. And it's like something that I, I tried to think about however imperfectly, very imperfectly, but yeah, because because in the, like just taking those two instances, and then if you think about the team as well, like you're just very much so embedded in those people's lives for that amount of time. Sure. Like you're doing everything with them, right? You're, yeah. you know, if you're on a fire, like you're literally sleeping in the dirt with these guys. You wake up, you go to chow, you go to to fight the fire, do it at work. You come back, you eat dinner, you go to bed, and you're like with them twenty four seven, and that sort of very cl- like that close, like you bond real quick with people like that, or whether you're on a boat or on a, or on a team, right? Rather. So you start to like, you know, pray and think about opportunities. Like, okay, how can I, again, not just like jump into my gospel presentation, but like really get to know these people on like a personal level. Because it transcends like, you know, if you're going to an office or even like the work I do now, right? I mean, it's all remote, but like if it was in an office, like, you know, people professionally and you see them in the office and stuff like that. But it's not as much of as like, boom, like you're really embedded in their lives, you know, like when you're in these sorts of things. And I think that provides opportunities to share like what you think about things like even a guy in the fire crew i remember we had an off day and we were at some like one of the guys house barbecuing and someone was like oh like what are we up to, what are we getting up to this weekend we had a weekend off and i was like oh you know like you know i can hang out or you know do what we're gonna go for a, a rock or a hike or whatnot and i was like oh right, i'm gonna go to church though on on sunday and one of the guys scott and i still keep in touch with him to this day he's a great guy but he was like oh like where are you going and i was like oh like going to this church called mountain brook or whatever my friend recommended he was like, oh, like, I'll, I'll come with you. And I was like, okay. So we started going to church, like, every Sunday we were around. And we ended up going oh to, like, gosh. this Bible study together when we were when we wow. were in town. But he, you know, when we, we got to chatting, like, on the, because he had a car and I didn't. So we would drive back and forth. And we just got to chatting just by virtue of being there together. He was like, yeah, you know, like, I used to go to church a lot when I was growing up and, you know, my family. But since I went to school and then doing firefighting, I've kind of gotten away from it. But, you know, I want to get back to it. But it's hard because there's really not people on the crew. You know, like, it's hard to show up at a church by yourself like in a new town and you're just like yeah all right like what i don't know anybody you know it's kind of intimidating but he was like oh like since like we both know each other well like, we can go in and 
you know, like you have someone to sit with and stuff like that. Oh. It's not so weird and awkward. So we did that like every weekend we were home. We had the opportunity to, which was, which was, you know, it wasn't we were having like deep theological discussions about, you know, predestination versus election, you know, like type of deal. But we were just like, <laughs> he was just like he was going to church again. And I was like, wow, like, that's cool. Like, not that I did that, but it's like, well, I, I, God gave me the opportunity to just be like, oh, I'm just by saying like, I'm going to church, you know, someone's like, oh, like I'll, I'll come along too. Wow. So I think it's like the little things like that, that I think um, are, are valuable and like, you know, not being afraid to be like, yeah, like, you know, because I remember thinking like, oh, like, am I going to tell him I go to church? Like, is that, is that weird? You know, like, yeah, because it's like a, a bunch of guys on the crew and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to church. Like, oh, that's lame, you know, lame, yeah. quote unquote. But, you know, I guess by, by God's grace, I was able to be like, yeah, you know, just going to church, like not make a big deal out of it. But for Scott, he was like, oh, you know, like that helped him. And yeah, we literally went to this like small, we'd show up like this small group, like, and we were all growing out our beers over summers. We just like show up as like, this is bearded, like five mountain men. Yeah. Yeah. This nice, like small. It was, it was fun though. It was, it was great. So, yeah. Yeah. That like reminds me of like, you know, like Romans 1 16, like not ashamed of the gospel. And then, like yeah. Paul also at the end of his letters and like to what in Ephesians and like Colossians, like pray that I would have the boldness to proclaim the gospel as it mm. ought to be. Right. And I mean, I think we can, we can infer that it's like both like speech was also like in action right because paul could have easily yeah. run from a lot of situations so yeah no that's like that's this that's actually so nutty right like just saying i'm going to church was a means of grace for someone else like what yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's crazy, crazy. but yeah i think it just goes to show that like yeah, yeah if you're and it's not even like i was thinking oh i'm gonna take a big step and like be really courageous here it was just like i'm just gonna tell them honestly what i'm doing yeah over the weekend or on sunday morning and if they laugh at me, like one, one of the other guys we brought along was like, not Scott, like came from a Christian background. This other guy was like, not from a Christian background, whatever. And <laughs> it was like co-ed Bible study. We're like, Oh, there's going to, it's a co-ed dude. Like there's going to be like girls there and stuff like that. You should just come. So we like kind of tricked him into coming and he was like looking at me the whole time. Like we're like That's opening the Bible. So we're like you know, going through. He was like looking at me like, dude, like you, I swear, what did you drag me into? Like what is going on? Um, but there was like, free, there was like food that we're like, dude, there's free food. Like, you know, it'll, 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 it's not too, it's not overly Christian, bro. Like it'll be fine. So we swindled this guy into coming. But, um, but yeah, I mean, even so like he, I mean, he's not, you know, necessarily, he's not saved or anything, but I remember like on the car ride back, like he was like, so like, y'all really believe this stuff, huh? Like y'all are really about like this Jesus guy, you know, like whatever. And he had gone to like a Catholic high school, I guess, but wasn't, you know, not, wasn't thinking about anything like that. So, and we, you know, we, we kind of were like, yeah, like, you know, like, that's what we believe and you might think we're crazy, but like, whatever, you know? And just like, even like touching that sort of level of conversation was like very interesting to me. And like, I think it was, you know, obviously I mean, it's not like going to a small group with us, like saved him, but like, maybe if he's like, okay, like these are guys like who I respect, like on my crew and like they're chill guys and they're also Christians. It's not like all Christians are like super weird or something like that. And you're like, huh, interesting, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's um, a, a philosophy or at least a um, an awareness that Theron would be a really big fan of. And I think that's um, yes. I think that's his whole that's his whole shtick for Skeptics Dinner, this idea that, yeah. you know, we aren't God, right? So we're not going to look yeah. at someone and be able to discern exactly like what's going to happen to them and like their path to salvation. But giving them like the benefit of the doubt and pursuing them in love our greatest desire for them is to is that they're currently on some trajectory 
to like reconciliation with God through Christ. Mm -hmm. And that trajectory, you know, this is Theron's classic illustration. That trajectory is a line. And to give a math lesson for you all listening, you know, a line, (laughs) what a line is, is just a collection of dots, right? So like in that current moment, like your goal is to just be that other dot to continue the line that's in a current trajectory to God and reconciliation Mm -hmm. through Christ. And I, I think that's a, it's a difficult outlook because I think for some, for some people it's like one end of it. It's like, that is so insignificant. Like, are you kidding me? Mm. Like, like shouldn't like that does nothing. Mm. And on the other hand, like other people are just like, it's not worth it. How, how can you possibly, you have no idea where this line is going. Like, like this, Mm. if anything, it could be working the opposite direction, like somehow in some like weird, um, like corrupt way. But hearing a story like that, what a random, seemingly random, like serendipitous circumstance that you would get put into this guy's life even, you know, because like, I'm sure there's like no reason for you both to know each other besides like being put in in the same crew on the same job. um, These necessary circumstances that had to work out the way they did in the same way that, you know, I, I think when like when I first met you, Matt, and like I remember sitting in in Hill, and like you were telling us, I me remember and like that. maybe like Justin Anderson or something. I remember about that all these crazy yeah. adventures. Yeah, we were just like, I remember looking at Justin. We were like, what are we doing with our lives, man? Like we're we <laughs> no, think we're like living big by like moving forty minutes away from home to go to Penn, um, and like you know we, we think we're like going big adventure, living in the city. Um, but you know, I think I think what's critical is. Um, the, the principles and concepts that seem to have made your experiences doing these like insane and like uh, mind-blowing things still hold in this idea that, you know, some mission fields just look really different from others. Um, but mm-hmm. regardless, it's still a mission field. So mm-hmm. in the same way that you have the opportunity after, you know, your, your job is over, you have a free weekend and you have a guy that you can you know, extend grace to, I mean, like, man, as students, that's like all the opportunities that we have. Like, we're just like every mm-hmm. single like body that walks past us on Locus is like an opportunity to do something like that. So, um, not that I don't wish that I could go fishing in a commercial boat off the coast of Alaska, but, um, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's just, it's pretty amazing to think that those same opportunities, are given to us here in this like mundane yeah. uh, mid pandemic life at, at, at this university. So yeah. that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. What are your plans for the future, Matt? Given. Yeah. Good, good, good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, uh, so I working now and then finishing up classes and then hopefully graduating by May. And then, um, yeah, I, I toyed around with the idea of going back, and getting on another crew, like for more firefighting, because um, I missed out on this season. It's kind of a bummer. It was a, it was a very busy season. Um, a yeah. lot of the guys who I from my crew last year are working on different like type one crews now and making a lot of overtime money. But um, <laughs> yeah, I toured around the idea of doing that. But I think what I'm going to do is actually head to the Navy after I graduate. So I'm not mm-hmm. like ROTC here, but uh, my dad was actually Navy ROTC at Penn. Um, fun fact, and he served as an officer in the Gulf War, but. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, in all honesty, like I've you know kind of like known I've wanted to do that for the last four years of my life, and sort of like reverse engineered the experiences that I've had and pursued to like intentionally like 
put myself in situations that a I have you know again like no idea what's going on and that like just like suck in some way like whether it's like rowing like great sport but like sucks while you're doing it um <laughs> anyone who rows can tell you that um and you know the firefighting too like all the hiking the rocking and then the fishing to just like being on a boat for like two months like even mentally it was like very fatiguing and then all not to mention just like physically like sort of like wrecked your body and different like sleep cycles and stuff like that so like yeah yeah so i tried to pursue like intentionally those things that are like just blast me like way out of my comfort zone and the comfort zone of like going to school and university and stuff like that and yeah so that's that's kind of how i've like approached the last years of my life like in in those senses right well still getting my degree like and and doing the stuff i need to do in in class and stuff like that but also being really intentional about like getting comfortable being uncomfortable which is like cliche but like i think those situations have have helped me kind of build that muscle like any other muscle you want to build i think it's like a mental muscle that you know you train by doing it and there's really no substitute for the time of just doing it so yeah interesting i didn't know we were interviewing jocko willing to today no, yeah that's literally what i was gonna say no actually yeah no i have like an uh, interesting thought that came to mind right Again, I, I mean, we joked about this before we started. Discipline is freedom, the whole Jocko Willing thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I know when we talked to Ethan, right, um, one of the things that he said was as he recentered himself on his faith, he found not necessarily that discipline that kept him driven to do like everything that he needed to do, but like the mental sharpness, I think is the way he described it, um, mm-hmm. that kept him like competitive or at the top of his game was decreased yeah. because it was sacrificed in exchange for pursuing God, right? Which is, yeah. which he agreed was like the better the yeah. ultimate goal, right? So have you found yeah. that in your pursuit of God that that has happened to you? Or do you find that your faith gives you like even more discipline because you're like, I'm doing this for the glory of God. This is like excellence in, for the kingdom and stuff like that. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I remember listening to the podcast and, and, and thinking about that in my own life. I think, yeah, even in, in the different things that, or like, I guess experiences I've been in to like bring it down to earth. It's not like when you're like rocking up a hill with a group of guys and it's like really crappy terrain and you're just like getting like cactus in your hand, like all that kind of stuff. And it's really sucky. It's like, you're thinking like in the moment, like, Oh wow. Like this is for the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> let me glorify, you know, like you're like crap, man, this really freaking hurts. Like I'm, I'm kind of annoyed right now, but the, the, the point I think that for me, like the inflection point where like the spiritual aspect comes into it is like, Hey, like everyone else is out here, like embracing the suck quote unquote. And like, how am I going to like help build my guys up? Right. Like I remember there was a hike we were doing on a fire and I was, I was on a like chainsaw cruise. Like I was paired with a guy who was a chainsaw and I was his swamper. So like when he would cut all the brush, I would like pull it right. And just throw it to the other side of the fire line. So trees like shrubs, all this kind of stuff. But the sawyer, like my, my partner has like not only a 50 pound pack, but like his saw, right. Which is full of, you know, oil and fuel and stuff like that. So he has like 50 plus another 20 pounds, like a good 70, 75 pounds rucking up this hill. And he was like struggling. I remember he was, it was like a hot day and he was like not having a good time. I remember thinking like, okay, like even in this moment, like how can I like help Lou? Cause like, I'm like, we're a team, right? The two of us are like a little mini micro team. So like, how can I, you know, I can't carry a saw up the hill for him, but like, how can I encourage him? kind of in this moment and not just be like, dude, move your butt, man. Like you're holding up the line, you know? So I think those sorts of ways are, you know, not necessarily that's an overtly spiritual thing, I think, Mm -hmm. but it is a way in which like, you know, 
you your faith sort of like maps out into like action in terms of like being selfish or being selfless like mm. you know having trying to pursue pride and pursue humility like in those little moments you know as you're in environments that like demand you to be like you know like to kind of have your stuff together or be tough or like whatever that those sorts of things are you're being mindful about how like you're, you're not gonna think wow like this is like for the kingdom you know like we're doing the lord's work like per se like no that's just like i just i don't know i just don't think like that you know what i mean and i would i'd be surprised if i mean you'd have to be super spiritual to, to be like thinking about that <laughs> stuff like in the yeah. in the middle of like somewhere in alaska in the middle of god knows where on a boat um but more so like okay like this is my job like i want to work like do whatever you do do it heartily as for the lord right so like whatever my job is like i want to do it excellently on this boat and just be like the best mm. You know, if I got to pull this net in, like, or pull this buoy in, like, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because, like, everyone else is counting on me, right, to do this job, right, and we'll work together yeah. as a team. So I think that's where it comes in to kind of answer your question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me, Caleb, at least from last night. Um, yeah. Last night's Philly up, basically, like, short, twist short, like, super accomplished, like, Harvard Medical School doctor came in, and he, he was, like, he talked about a lot of things, um, a lot of really insightful things, but one of the big points um, that he made is... A Christian, like blank, like a Christian firefighter, a Christian banker, a Christian financial player, a Christian consultant, whatever, you know, classic pen labels, uh, you could say, should be synonymous with excellent whatever, like excellent firefighter, excellent banker, mm -hmm. excellent um, like uh, teacher, whoever. And, and yeah, and this, this idea that you brought up of, it's just not quite as, we, I think in conversations, we love to break it up into this dichotomy of like, how are we spreading the gospel through our actions indirectly. And then how are we splitting, how are we spreading it through our words? It's just like, it's not meant to be, I don't think it's meant to be cut like that, or like, I don't think it's meant to be compartmentalized quite like that. And, um, you know, sure. It's, if you take one, it's absolutely not the full picture and you need the other, but there's something to be said about like, the reason why I'm doing this is because I've been called to do an excellent job. Like I, I've, mm -hmm. I've been called to not slack and like mm -hmm. essentially like this idea of like stewardship, like yeah. I've been given, I've been given this. So I'm, I'm going to take after it as well as I can. Um, and I think it's the motivation that Christians have and sort of, um, you know, PPE student, let's dig into some like philosophy or, or introspection here. This idea of like, if, if you don't, if you're not living for anything but yourself, that can only yeah. take you so far because that motivation is either going to burn up or it's just not going to be enough for you to do like really good things. Just think mm -hmm. like, you know, the classic idea of like, you know, I'm going to work my butt off until I get to partner. And then once I'm partner and I have like, I'm, I'm in the firm, I'm just going to, you know, take the foot off the, the gas because I have what I want now. But your work like is to the wayside, your family's to the wayside. But if you approach, you know, your work, um, whatever it is you're doing, your family, your relationships with this mentality that like, none of this is mine. Like literally none of this is mine. I've been given everything. So I can't just say like, I'm going to work until I'm satisfied because it's not my standard that it, I'm being mm -hmm. measured against. Mm -hmm. um, it's a like God's, right? So, right. yeah, you know, I, I think there's an aspect of, as Chafee was saying, I think correctly, that competitive edge is, is diminished. Cause I, I think that's right. It's like, you're not, it's no longer about like trying to prove anything about yourself, but in some ways it's almost like, it is true that your discipline goes up or at least your willingness to embrace the suck 
goes up because you you realize what stakes exactly you're working with. It's not for yourself. It's like actually way greater. It's not even for other people necessarily or like exclusively. It's for like God. So yeah. it's like, you know, who's your boss? Uh, like that's, <laughs> yeah. he's your boss. So work accordingly. Yeah. yeah. And people, and people respect that too. Like it's like when you, when you're, yeah, you're not necessarily preaching the gospel, but it's like, even I know like the guys in the crew like say who weren't Christian or something that knew I went to church. It's like, yeah. okay, like maybe I don't believe what this dude believes or whatever, but like, you know, he pulls his weight on hikes and like he runs, sure. you know, like gives his, puts his butt out when he runs and stuff like that. So like, he's all right with me, like type of deal where it's like, if you're like, I'm always complaining on rocks and like, I'm, you know, not putting out and it's like all about you, me, 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 not about the team or like not, not with the crew. Right. As a whole. Then it's just like, why would I even go? To, why would I? If it's like, oh, yeah. let's go go to church on something. Like, why would I have gone to go with this person, right? Because it's just yeah, like he's totally selfish, you know, in that, in that sort of environment. And I think that's definitely my experience. Where it's like, okay, people they might not agree with you, but they'll respect you and they'll be willing to like give you a seat at the table to like yeah. to speak into their lives, whether you know whatever it happens to be. So right. yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, hundred percent. Also, like what Paul says about being like an ambassador for Christ. Right? Yeah, like a representative. Yeah. We're coming up on the end of our time, Matt. So I guess we ought to ask the quintessential Christian Union uh, Faith in Action <laughs> podcast question. But yeah. where do you where do you want to see Christian Union in five years? I feel like we haven't really touched all that much on Christian Union in this conversation. But like, yeah, any any thoughts? Yeah, wow, that's a great question. Um, what do I want to see Christian Union in five years? You knew this was coming, Matt. <laughs> you yeah. Knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I should have prepped more. Um, yeah, I, I think what Christian Union is doing right now is fantastic in terms of the emphasis on personal discipleship and really investing in the people that are in the group through small groups and then through you know these one-on-one times through the the, the program. I think it's huge. And I, I mean, in terms of like in five years, I mean, I, I would want to see that continue to grow and continue to expand. You know, it's not like, oh, I, I'd want to see like all these different people from Penn join Christian Union. Like, sure, I, I would love that to happen and for the organization to obviously grow. But I think that barring that, right, if we if we assume, you know, that it's going to grow, continue to grow, but not necessarily like take over the campus, right, like any organization, just like to have that continued focus on A, like the gospel, which I think we do a great job of, and B, how that applies in people's daily life. And really, I think, I think Christian Union does a good job as I'm thinking out loud of like really getting down into like the weeds of people in their lives, you know, and, and, and really like meeting people where they are. And like we go back to the truth and love paradox, like meeting people where they are, but also being unwavering and like presenting what the gospel is. And we see that through the Bible courses and stuff like that. So I think just like continuing to do that, right? Because I mean, change, change happens like one person, one heart at a time. And it's like, that's cliche, but it's true. And I think that one of Christian Union's great strengths is that like you have people on the exec board or in leadership or, you know, from Christian Union itself who are really, they're about like, not necessarily we want to have the biggest organization on campus numbers wise, but we want to have like the most impactful, like on people's lives. You know what I mean? Like Mm. if we really help, you know, this certain number of people, whatever it is, grow in their faith and really make that head to heart transit not transition but head to heart journey right from you know what we intellectually believe to how it actually affects like how we go about our day-to-day i think that is super important i think we do a good job of that and i would want to see that like continue over the next five years so yeah good stuff high standards high standards yeah high standards (laughs) it's already like being done 
you know, just that we might continue on and, and doing that, I think is important. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Leonard, any final thoughts? <laughs> now, um, Matt, good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. I, um, I think what's so fascinating is, you know, Christian podcast or like any other podcast, you kind of expect every episode to like kind of talk about the same thing. It's like same crap, different shape. But like this is like this is like today was like a brand new perspective on like a whole different array of topics than we've heard, at least in like our episodes so far that we've recorded for season two. <laughs> Leo's so, <yeah>. three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so um Caleb's like, I'm, I'm seen it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so as I'm new. like Yeah. As I'm like, you know, I'm I'm wading deeper into the waters. Matt Good, thank you for for all the perspectives and your 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 candidness and willingness to share uh, all the insights and and wisdom and experiences that you have under your belt. So I, I yeah can't say thank you enough. Yeah. Yeah. No. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Big fan of the podcast too. So <laughs> honored to be a part of it. Yeah. No problem, dude. Yeah. Again, to echo Leo's sentiments, thanks for coming on, Matt. Um, Ethan hyped you up last week when we had our birthday. <laughs> Um, and I can safely say that you have lived up to the hype. Oh, <laughs> Even oh, beyond yeah. that, it's like, I think since freshman year, you've always been the, because I didn't, I don't actually know you all that well. Like we haven't interacted yeah. all that much. Um, but you were always the discipline is freedom guy. Um, because everyone's like, Matt Good is out there doing his thing. <laughs> so, Classic. It's very yeah. interesting to get, get a closer look at what's going on. And also, um, Matt Burst, my little bro, is in your Bible course and he yeah. knows oh, those yeah. great things. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Again, thanks a lot for your perspectives, Matt, and we really appreciate yeah. it. And that brings Thank us you. to the end of this episode, which was brought to you by Christian Union Mars. It's recorded, produced, and edited by Just Be Records. Special thanks to Matt Good for being with us today. The views of the speakers and hosts are not necessarily reflective of Christian Union as a whole. Thank you for listening, and we hope you got the gospel today from this episode. Have a great day, and we will see you next time. That was a really weird emphasis, but yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>